for, for the folks who are listening to this, sure. uh, introduce yourself, talk a little about SoundSelf, sure. uh, and and what you guys are trying to accomplish with the Kickstarter. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Robin Arnott. I made a game a few years ago called Deep Sea, which was a really scary game where a player wears a gas mask that blinds them and moders the moderates moder, moder, moderates monitors monitors their breathing. Nailed it. You got it. Got it. Yeah. Got in one. Um, and tries to create a really immersive, terrifying experience. And in making that project, I and it was it was really great at what I was trying to do. I mean, somebody fainted playing it at South by, and it was just a really scary experience. I, I played it; it was terrifying. Yeah. I can I got to test this fully. Like five minutes in, it's like ah, I don't need to win this. Yeah, like, the win state is not what I played this for anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah, did you get eaten? Did you play it all the way to the end? No, I, I don't know. I got, uh, like, the my breathing started to get really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, it was getting really sweaty inside the mask, and, like, it got past that threshold where I was like, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, totally. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, it feels it was intentional in the design. Like, that is a state that someone may reasonably get to, and then the uncomfortableness is, you know, that's that's part of it. Yeah, absolutely. It is designed to make you incredibly uncomfortable. Um, and that's a totally reasonable exit state. It's like, nope, I've had enough. <laughs> and I've had people do that after like 20 seconds. And, and it's an intense 20 seconds if you do it for 20 seconds. And, um, but in making that, I learned so much about perception. about Because the reason that game works so well is because of some loopholes in the way you perceive. Like you have this, there's this deep bass rumble going all the time in Deep Sea that, that just makes you uncomfortable and the stickiness of the mask and the way you have to kind of rely on your hearing to get information that you would normally be getting from your eyes, it, it just knocks people off balance and puts them in a state where um, they have to surrender to the experience, but there's no positive way out of it. So that surrender is kind of a surrender to death. Um, whereas this is doing the exact same thing. It's kind of enticing players. You have to surrender to this. But I didn't want to create something terrifying because... You know, there's enough of that, I think. <laughs> um, I wanted to create something really beautiful and zenful and um, kind of profound uh, to teach you about yourself as a uh, perceptive being and how freaking awesome that is that we perceive. I mean, just just the state of being and being a being being is, is amazing. And I think the experience of sound self uses a lot of the tricks and tools that I developed for Deep Sea and applies them to introduce you to yourself as a perceptual being in a really, I think, deep, bodily way. Um, so, how would you describe how it works? You know, so you have a, the way you have it set up here. You've got a microphone. So, in terms of when someone sits down with it, um, how do they interact with what you've set up? Sure. So, the first thing you do is you pick up a microphone uh, and you sustain a tone into the microphone, oh, like that. And as you sustain a tone the game just starts to respond to you and it feeds back audio that's based off the tone that you're giving it. And the audio is all of the sound design I created while going, oh, while making it. And so this audio is designed to feel like it is coming from your body, to feel like it is modifying the timbre of your own voice rather than being a separate sound. Uh, and there's a relationship between the, the sound in the game and the visualizations in the game, so it feels like the, the visualizations in the game are also kind of a product of your voice, a product of your body. Um, and it just creates, I think, this really intense, intimate experience where you feel really connected to the, to the game, and the way it responds feels almost sentient. When I played it at PAX, um, one woman picked up a microphone and started chanting with it again, and said, oh my god, it's sentient! Which is great, which is so great! Um, because I think it feels kind of alive, but only because it's reflecting you. 
Um, so, so yeah, it's, it invites you to fall into this trance state, and it does this with your voice. Uh, I'm curious what you've found as you've watched things, uh, like a pat, like where, he, where we're talking now is that, uh, uh, San Francisco MoMA, like, there are probably a lot of people here kind of floating it out that maybe aren't, you know, traditional gamers yeah. or self-identified, someone that plays games regularly. What, what, is you, what are you noticing when you're watching people play and how, how they engage with it? The, the interesting thing, so having just come from PAX, which is the same kind of environment, except the people coming in are all gamers and all identifying as gamers, the interesting thing is that I think Sound Self has to un- make you unlearn a lot of a lot of things as a gamer because as a gamer in traditional games you're trying to achieve some sort of mastery over something you're trying to get better at something and sound self starts to really work when you surrender to it and realize you're never going to achieve mastery over it just like you're never going to achieve mastery over a dance partner a dance is not about mastering your partner it's about resonating with each other and moving together and creating something beautiful together and I think once you get into that state of mind with sound self then you just get that surrender and and fall into the trance and so here people I think who aren't really trained to achieve mastery over something to to uh, inter- uh, approach an interactive experience is something they have to achieve mastery over I think there's less to be untrained and so people are are getting more um, are spending more time with it than uh, than most people did at PAX. But the really interesting thing, and this has been a really kind of beautiful surprise in bringing it out out of its womb and showing it to people for the first time, is that children really love it. Regardless, you know, all children who play it, anybody under the age of about ten, will sit with it for twenty, thirty minutes and just zone out. Um, that was a really interesting surprise. How much do you have to explain to them? Because when I when I walked in and for you know just said hello, there was a girl sitting down, just had the mic in her hand and just sitting there going, uh, yeah. like how, how much do you, how much did you have to explain to her before she kind of just sat down and, and made it work? The goal is to explain nothing. The goal is for it to respond to you so intimately that nothing has to be explained. Because I think as soon as you explain something, that kind of uh, crystallizes into a goal in a person's mm-hmm. head, like oh I have to do this, I have to behave like this, I have to perform like this. Um, but uh, it's going to be a long time. You know, we're developing it right now before it is that in that perfect space where all you have to do is just say, you know, pick up a mic and, and play with it or use your webcam mic. Um, but right now, all I have to say to people is sustain longer tones um, and fall into it. And I think saying fall into it gives people that permission to let go because um, without that, there can be there, there can be a lot of hesitancy, a lot of hesitancy to let go and let go of your kind of self-perception and stop worrying about how you look when you're playing this game and just feel it. That takes a kind of bravery, and um, I think the game invites you to do that. It seems like uh, a lot of the challenge going forward as, as you guys continue to develop it is setting the game up in a way that when people, uh, you know, it isn't at an installation like this, or maybe it's just at, at someone's house or however they might come across it, is somehow communicating without over-communicating that sense of like, hey, this isn't a traditional video game or experience. Uh, just sit down and kind of make of it what you will. Right. And I, I imagine actually communicating that is is probably a huge challenge. You know, not so much, actually, because it's like if people sit with it for a couple minutes, you know, they keep trying to get it. They keep trying to master it. And eventually, as soon as they stop trying to master it, then it sinks in. And that's something people decide to do at some point, right? You know, either you 
say, oh, I can't master this, I'm giving up, and you stand up and go away. In which case, I'm like, no, 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 to try it like this. Or, after a couple of minutes of trying to master it and trying to make it do what you want and trying to, to control it, um, people eventually just give up on that, um, on that notion that I have to control this, that I have to, I have to be its master. Um, and so I don't think, I think even now in his early prototype stage, there's, there's a little bit that needs to be unlearned. Um, but I think when people sit with it for long enough, I, I don't even need to say, hey, just let yourself, um, it's, don't try to control it, because they eventually come to that. Um, so the goal is, I guess the goal is to, in, in, as we develop this, uh, if our Kickstarter is successful, is to make it more innate, make it so that you don't have to struggle with it before reaching that realization of, oh, I just need to fall into it, and also so that it responds to you a little more intimately, so that it feels more inviting, um, and feels more, um, much more closely to this metaphor I'm using of a dance partner. Mm-hmm. Um, because once you get that, you get it. And that, that seems to be the thing, you know, you had told me about it before uh, you guys launched the Kickstarter and stuff, and it's one of those that explaining in text, like, without sitting down with it is ex- extremely difficult. But that yeah. once you sit down with it, you know, everything about it makes sense, like, within moments. Yeah. And so it seems like that's also probably the challenge for you guys in the, in the Kickstarter is trying to communicate this, like, really abstract idea that the moment you experience it m- crystallizes immediately but, tr- you know, trying to do that uh, without being able to sit every person down who comes yeah. to the Kickstarter and play it in person uh, is certainly certainly a challenge. It is. It's a huge challenge. Because there's never been anything like this before, so people don't have a frame of reference to to make sense of, to themselves of what it is without, without playing it, I think. Um, or the closest thing that does make sense to, to people to what it is is, is a, uh, a screensaver or a visualizer, which, which it looks like, you know, from the outside, but that's, that's just not what the experience is. Um, but we've put, we've put a build online, so on the Kickstarter page, first thing on the page is download this build, try it out, because I really want people to, to try it and to share that. Um, because like you say, it's not something even reading about it or watching a video is not something you can understand what that experience is until you have sat down with it and chanted with it for a little bit. Yeah, it's not, it's not like a trailer is going to immediately communicate like what's going on here. It will dish them across as a visualizer or a screensaver because that's what you know, some of the aesthetic is rooted in, but that, that uh, doesn't uh, communicate the, sort of the interactivity that comes from, from your voice. Right. Um, so what are you, what are you hoping, uh, for people that haven't seen the Kickstarter, what are you using that, that money for? Like, where do you guys want to take it from this prototype stage to where you'd like to see it go? Sure. So there's a, th- this is a, an experiment. It is an experiment very literally in that we, every stage of this, we enter it not knowing the answer because there, there's no, there's no precedence. Um, panoramical maybe a little bit, but you know, there really isn't a precedence. So this is the result of months of experimentation. Um, and we just need to keep experimenting. We need to keep trying things and keep developing different ways of, of it responding to you and interacting with you to hone in on that beautiful crystalline moment of falling into it and letting it dance with you and, um, and just feeling that trance. That's going to take a lot of work. Um, and it's all experimentation. Um, so it's, it's the development time. It's the, the time put into it, trying things, failing, trying things that probably won't work to find the things that, that do, and that, that do in a way that's really magical. 
Um, also, we're developing for Oculus Rift, which I think is going to be totally wild. Um, and that takes development of new technology. There's a ton of new technology in this, and 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 be, because we're trying something new, we just need to keep inventing more technologies, more technologies to um, to facilitate that experience. So that's where the money's going. Um, kind of off-topic question, but tangentially related. Um, the, you know, the games you make, Deep Sea, uh, sound self like. Uh, have a very vis- physical nature. They're very abstract, at least in relation to what people traditionally consider a game. Uh, do you play a lot of traditional games yourself outside of that, or, or uh, like, do you are, are you somebody who plays a Dead Space or something like that as well? Like, what what do you spend your time with when you are making these sorts of experiences? Oh yeah, the the funny thing is, um, so um, I I work closely with um, Davey Reedon. And he and I uh, had a conversation about this recently. He makes very kind of intellectual experiences, and I make very visceral bodily experiences. And as a player, he's seeking visceral bodily experiences, and I'm seeking intellectual experiences. Um, so it's funny, as, as a player, and I love experiences like this, um, but what I usually go to when I play is, is something like um, XCOM. I've been playing a lot of XCOM, which is not fun. It's, it's, it's incredibly intense, but it's not fun. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love these games, um, but I, I love AAA games as well. I love more traditional games as well. There's a huge amount of space that the, the game uh, as a medium has to grow in, and I think the, the traditional space, the goal-oriented space, is so rich and so beautiful. Um, it's just not really the space I'm developing for, uh, which is this kind of um, visceral, bodily, um, experiential stuff. Are there are there other examples of this? Like are there other exa- or at least people that are exploring similar spaces that that you have kind of dabbled in, or, or that you would point people towards if they're looking for for more things like this, or at least kind of kind of like this? Yeah, there's actually I feel like there's kind of a movement emerging right now creating these experiential games. Um, one of my favorites is Panoramical, which is right over here. Um, that is so it just gets under your skin in this really beautiful way. Um, Proteus was, I think, the kind of um, open the gate for these experiences, and it's in. For, if anybody hasn't tried Proteus yet and, and is interested in these experiential uh, projects, then Proteus is a really good, uh, good first one to to, to try. Um, also, just outside of video games and the interactive arts, I go to Burning Man every year. Um, and so much of the inspiration for this game comes from experiences of Burning Man and projects people build for Burning Man that are not limited to a traditional game setup like a screen controller or something like that, but are structural, are um, using as the the basis from which they build an intent for some kind of personal experience and crafting a um, crafting a system on top of that rather than beginning with a system of of how you experience the game, which in traditional gaming is with a screen and and, and joystick or something like that. Um, So, yeah, there's stuff like this being done all over right now. Um, Most of it you won't find in the the gaming realm, but there's certainly some very beautiful things in in the game realm. Actually, music games, if you play the Bit Trip games, Mm -hmm. while those are very goal-oriented, they're also... Because music has this way of kind of getting into your heart... um, and playing a music game um, while still being goal-oriented, while still uh, kind of having that thing that you have to systemically master, um, I think create these these really beautiful um, visceral experiences that we're describing. 
Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Patrick.